I am very excited and delighted to tell you that your chronic illness ally is once again enrolling. If you're new around here, your chronic illness ally is the supportive home, the program, the community and the coaching space for you to learn how to reframe the role that your chronic illness plays in your life. It guides you off of that conveyor belt of constantly trying to fix and heal your chronic illness and teaches you how to tap into the wisdom of your body that's being communicated via your chronic illness so that you can channel it, channel that wisdom, channel that intelligence into living the big, beautiful life you dream about. If you enjoy this podcast, you will certainly love your chronic illness ally. There is a link to it in the show notes, but let me tell you, the funnest way to learn more about it is to do my quiz. And once you've done that, pop your email in at the end to learn more. And then sit back as I help you explore your unique support style, which will help you make an informed choice about whether your chronic illness ally is a hell yes fit for you. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Reframing Chronic Illness podcast with me, Alana Holloway, chronic illness coach, podcaster, and writer. This is the place to listen to, think about, and question the common narrative that surrounds what a life with chronic illness looks like, and how all the shoulds, musts, can'ts, expectations, and obligations affect the way you experience your chronic illness. Moving away from the fix, reject, fight, resist narrative, You'll find loads of stuff here about how chronic illness can be your guide, ally and superpower. It's my belief that chronic illness can actually be a really valued thing in our lives. This podcast and my work as a coach is all about helping you explore that value and purpose and opening yourself up to the idea that working with your chronic illness can lead you towards a more joyful, peaceful, healing and fulfilled life. Hey, welcome back. Today's episode, I haven't given a title at the time of recording, um, but I think working title is something along the lines of how to get to grips with acceptance. Today's listener wrote in with quite a detailed and, you know, lovely kind of summary of their experience. And when I say lovely, I don't mean excuse me, I don't mean lovely in the way we usually see it, perhaps, but a really honest and vulnerable, let's let's call it that, a really honest and vulnerable account of their experience, their lived experience. So here goes. 
My current struggle, or should I say the main struggle I've had for years, is the nagging thought that all those years were wasted in the prime of my life. I know it has a lot to do with acceptance and I have thought about it a great deal. I've accepted a lot of things, the illness, the constant pain, feeling like crap every single day, losing my former life, having to quit a career I loved, having to move out of my home, losing my freedom and my financial independence, losing friends, not being able to do activities I love, etc, etc. I've made my peace with those. I've grieved. I've surrendered. I've kept looking forward, convinced that a new life is awaiting on the other side of this nightmare and that it will be amazing. But this deep sadness about all those years wasted never truly goes away. Years I was so sick I couldn't even read a book and I love books. Ten years on a detour route where I have so often felt that life was passing me by and continuing without me. All I could do was watch on the sidelines. And I can't wrap my head around that. I do intend to make use of my experience and help others once I'm recovered, but I would certainly welcome any insights you might have about how I can better accept the situation and make peace with the quote-unquote stolen years. There was lots to think about in this question but first I just want to send so much love to you and really really thank you for sharing your story with us all in such an honest open way. So you mentioned acceptance so I think you've kind of identified that as being one of the things quote-unquote in the way of you feeling how you want to feel and so that's the place we're going to start. What I'm hearing is that in one sense, you feel like you've worked on acceptance and have even accepted the things that you find so hard about your chronic illness. And yet something's not quite clicking into place. I think you can see that the acceptance you thought was complete, in a sense, isn't. So I'd like you to look deeper at it. What does acceptance mean to you? There's a whole episode on acceptance in series one because I think that it can be greatly misunderstood, especially when it's attached to experiences that are deemed quote-unquote negative. Acceptance doesn't have to mean any one thing, but I do think that whatever your definition, it needs to allow you to feel a sense of freedom. It needs to allow you to feel held and supported And if your current definition of acceptance doesn't allow for that, go back and see if you can write a new one that is away from any rules, away from any kind of do's and don'ts or things you've read or whatever about acceptance. What does it really mean to you? Acceptance isn't only a cognitive thing. It's not only something we have to kind of, you know, say, I accept this and I understand that. Okay, now I can move on. And it's not that it's I think there's a tendency to believe that because that we accept something because we think we should accept something because we're told that acceptance is a thing that we should, you know, do to to kind of move on. And we believe it will will allow us to get to the next stage 
but what are we getting away from? Because I think <laughs> there's an irony in the fact that we're trying to get away from something that, and, and just that very trying to get away from it signifies that we don't accept it. Acceptance isn't a means to an end. And as well as being cognitively understood, acceptance needs to be somatically assimilated and felt. To really understand the relationship you have with both the cognitive and somatic experience of acceptance, I always invite you to try and sit with yourself in a quiet, grounded and connected space and ask, do I accept whatever it is? Or what do I believe it means to accept? Again, whatever it is. I remember a time when I was working through acceptance and meditating daily and if I ever came across the topic of meditate of acceptance in my guided meditations, I would ask myself, do I accept the possibility that I might feel like this for the rest of my life? And I always, it was instant, there was a no, a no, I do not accept that. And I like to point out here that acceptance doesn't mean... <laughs> resigning yourself to the fact or to the to the belief that you might feel like you do for the rest of your life and again I discussed that in that previous episode about acceptance when you do sit sit in this quiet grounded kind of connected space there will be a lot of mind chatter but beyond that mind chatter you will feel you will feel how your body reacts Pay attention to that mind chatter because it is really good information and perhaps journal about it afterwards. But notice what your body does because often it will tense, it will contract. And when we do tense and contract, that's that's a signal that perhaps what we think we believe isn't what we feel, right? Notice, is there a softening or a bracing? Is there a feeling of calm or chaos? That really, really does signify how deeply you align with your version of acceptance or the version of acceptance you're currently kind of running off. And we can kind of, we can tweak things to either, you know, we we understand that, you know, I'm really living in non-acceptance here or... We look at what our definition of acceptance is and we say, actually, I don't align with that and and that doesn't feel good to me. And that's when you ask what you need to be able to feel that softening and calm when you connect with the, the thought of acceptance. And when I ask what you need, it can be things like compassion or allowing yourself to grieve more as you've already mentioned, you know, grief is is a big part of this. Or it could be that you need you need release, you need to let go. Another thing I'd like you to consider is is your acceptance selective? And in contrast, is your rejection or non-acceptance selective? In a really broadly relatable term that might look like saying 
I accept and like my bum because of its shape, because of the way it looks in jeans, but I don't accept my tummy because it's a bit flabby or it's not the shape that I see all over the place, right? And in your case, that might look like saying, I accept my past, but I don't accept my present. I read a sentence once and I just can't get it out of my head and it is that you can't select what you reject. And I think that was in the book Radical Acceptance. You are a whole human being. You can't just chop the parts of you that you don't like off. <laughs> you you can't ring fence them and put them somewhere. Not accepting one part of you or your experience means not accepting your experience or yourself at all. It's important to highlight again that acceptance is a journey. It's not a tick box exercise. It's not a means to an end. Start where you are and work from there. But to do that, you need to know where you are and where you're coming from. To understand that, to understand your starting point, figure out exactly what you do accept according to your true and aligned definition of what acceptance means to you and then figure out by process of elimination what you don't accept. You might actually find it easier to kind of switch those two around so work with non-acceptance first and acceptance second because that voice of non-acceptance is usually way louder than the voice of acceptance. It's interesting that you talk of then and the other side of this nightmare. I ask you, what about now? I wonder, can we experience true acceptance when feelings around our current situation, you know, feelings that it's a nightmare, are being held within our bodies? Can you resist and reject something and accept it at the same time. Before we move on, what I absolutely want to celebrate is the faith and resilience that you demonstrate in talking about there being another side. Even though I encourage you not to work from a place of kind of now and then, you know, where you put everything on the thens and the whens, I want you to honour that you've not given up on the belief that feeling better is something that you get to experience. And that is amazing. So please send yourself gratitude and compassion for that because keeping the faith alive isn't easy because it gets tested time and time and time again. What you need to work on is the belief that you get to feel better now with your chronic illness as it is. Not on the other side of anything not then and not when. How you do that is a process that deserves to be taken slowly and it deserves to be given a lot of care. It's the process I guide my clients through in both your chronic illness, Ally, and in my one-to-one -one coaching relationships. A huge shift for me happened when I let go of the idea that things would be amazing one day. You know, I just had to endure what I was enduring now and then I'd be given the gift of things being amazing one day. Quickly, let's look at that word amazing. Again, I'm asking, what does that actually mean to you? 
I similarly ask, what does better actually mean to you or anyone listening? What would it look like in your life? We can go so long without feeling better or amazing, quote unquote, when better and amazing are defined by society standards, that we completely lose touch with what it actually means and what it would actually look like in our lives, both on a kind of macro and micro scale. And that results in us wandering aimlessly through this healing space. I think this is one of the main reasons people get kind of healing burnout because there's no clear objective or intention behind what they're doing, you know. They become so fed up of trying one thing after the next because it promises some form of better, which might not even be the better that, you know, is your better, right? And then it gets to the point where, oh, and that didn't work and that didn't work and that didn't work. But maybe that's not a result of them not working. Maybe it's a result of them not being aligned to you. Maybe that's a result of there being no clear objective or intention through no fault of of anyone's, you know, it's, we live in such an information full, very confusing, very disconnecting world. You know, those spaces that we spend time in, (laughs) they're all about disconnecting us from ourselves. I'm talking online, mainly. I'm actually working on a free download for this that will help you figure out what better means to you so that you can be more intentional about the things you do um, in terms of healing and in terms of your chronic illness. If you want that, you can put your email address um, into a box on my website and as soon as it's ready, you'll be sent a link to the download. Just head to alanaholloway.com forward slash better. When you're looking at your expectations of better or amazing. Maybe that includes being able to stay with yourself, as in not abandon yourself throughout all that comes your way in life. Maybe that includes the understanding that pain and discomfort are part of both life in general and a part of your life with chronic illness. And that's mental or physical discomfort and pain. But maybe that better, maybe that amazing, maybe that kind of, that intentional, that goal is that you don't have to experience those things in the way we're all taught. You know, we don't have to see them as, the only word I can come up with is pain, but we don't have to, you know, we don't have to see them as these kind of awful experiences and experiences that we need to get rid of. Pain and discomfort take on a whole different persona when you're not trying to shove them down or block them out. But it's only when we're open to exploring them beyond that surface level that we can see that. Similarly, I believe grief and surrender, and you've talked about both of those, are a continuum within the chronic illness journey and within life itself. There are seasons in everything if we look closely enough. 
They don't need to be past tense, you know, we don't don't need to have grieved or surrendered. Um, They don't need to be overcome. They get to be something we welcome into our life as a valued part of our lived experience that we cycle through. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Rather than think of them as negative or dark experiences, from a different vantage point, we can see them in their full spectrum and realise that alongside the sadness and heartache or pain and discomfort that we experience within those things, there's also beauty and wonder and depth. And that beauty or wonder might not look how you expect it to look, you know. Again, it might not look as that, look like those kind of typical definitions of beauty or wonder. It's not always about seeing the quote-unquote good side. Again, let's not use good and bad, but you know what I mean, in the moment. And it's definitely not about being able to put a positive spin on everything. It may simply be, the beauty may simply be in the appreciation that you didn't leave yourself when you're experiencing those those emotions, those feelings. A quick interlude. This season gives an insight into the kind of work I do with my clients. It's like a little taster of the kind of things we, we work through. If you'd like to explore that as an option for you, then you can check out my one-to-one coaching and my signature program, if you like, Your Chronic Illness Ally. Both of those are on my website, alanaholloway.com. I talk a lot about language in, in kind of this, you know, I've talked a lot about language in this series so far already. And 
with that, I want to touch on some of the language you, you used without judgment and only observation. Because it's really important that we're able to observe without judgment. Words like crap, losing, quit, not being able to, nightmare, stolen. I'd love to know how do those words reflect the language you use towards yourself, either in your head or out loud on a moment-to-moment, day-to-day basis. Try to observe how it does reflect that, again, without judgment. The way we talk to ourselves is so autopilot. We don't give it a second thought until it's pointed out, you know? But I want you to imagine the impact that that kind of language would have on you if it was someone else saying those things to you. Because really it's no different than if you're saying them to yourself. How would that feel and what would the long-term impact of that be? How would it influence what you believe to be true about yourself and your life? How would that language change from a place of deep aligned acceptance? Instead of looking at stolen years, you might look on them as just one phase in your life. Instead of seeing, you know, the things you weren't able to do, you might look at those things as things you chose not to do. You made a decision not to do them because in that moment, that was a true and aligned action. It was a true and aligned reflection of your your experience in that moment. And that's okay. Instead of feeling like crap, can you see it as you're experiencing just one of a multitude of different feelings, of feelings that are kind of outside of the feelings we believe that are shoulds or expected, right? You know, there's this idea that our human, our human experience, our lived experience should just be all the good things, all the good feelings. And anything other than that, we must get rid of, we mustn't experience, we must... We must hide, you know, away from. We must run away from. But we, you know, we need to be able to fold all of these feelings into our experience, into our whole experience. And we need to be able to explore them and see them and value them. How can you invite that full variety of feelings into your lived experience and not segment them into bad or good camps, but see them all as equally valid, equally valid parts of this thing we call life. I really empathise and I'm sure a lot of us do with not being able to do the things we love to do or even the things that day-to-day most of us take for granted. Because our bodies physically can't. I'm not sure there's any complete answer here, other than to say it's okay to feel what you need to feel about that. And again, that's coming back to allowing yourself to feel all the feelings, that full spectrum, that full variety of feelings. It's also to be aware that you get to 
welcome in other feelings about those experiences too. I say this with complete transparency that in no way am I trying to gloss over your very real lived experience. In no way am I trying to turn your experience into a positive, right? That's not what I'm doing. But rather, you know, than see restrictions as only restrictions, are you able to open yourself to the possibility of them being opportunities too? And then we take that word restriction and we scramble it up and we look at, does this have to be kind of what what society defines as a restriction or can I see this thing as a nudge to explore other directions and avenues? Like a diversion, like, you know, when the train tracks, when they switch that lever and rather than than the train going in the direction, in that main direction, it, it turns and it just goes to a different place. If you can't and you're thinking, no, don't be ridiculous, I cannot do that, that is okay. Because in that we know where we are. That is another acceptance checkpoint. That resistance, that kind of rejection of an idea is another acceptance checkpoint. And in that checkpoint, you get to critique how acceptance is showing up in your life and body. The ability to see restrictions as opportunities lies on that line of acceptance and non-acceptance. Non-acceptance gives you tunnel vision. It puts blinkers on. And you will only be able to see restriction, can'ts, not good enoughs and impossibles when you are in non-acceptance. As you work through acceptance on a deeper level and you make the shift from seeing your chronic illness as a burden and start to see it more as a part of you that you can treasure and appreciate. And I'm saying that and you're probably thinking, what? You know, but that is possible. The frustration and sadness that has stayed with you from your past will dissipate and you will be able to to welcome in feelings of compassion, appreciation, contentment, happiness and joy. And then when you experience frustration and sadness in the present moment, because those feelings will always be a part of life. Acceptance teaches you to not see those feelings as you think you should, but to really truly experience them as they are for you, in that moment, really be present with them and hold yourself as you do. Take your time, take some time to contemplate the belief and that kind of body felt assimilation that life gets to be rich in many, many, many ways. Not just in the ones you already know or see as being the typical human experience and I kind of refer back to I think you said you've you know you lost your prime years or something that kind of gets us that that idea that life can be rich in so many ways gets us to question what are my prime years you know do they have to be when I'm told they should be or are they ahead of me are they now you know 
How does it feel to entertain the idea that your chronic illness is an invitation to explore another side of life, another meaning of life, another philosophy of life, to experience things that may have never come into your periphery and to believe that your chronic illness is guiding you on those train tracks, right? It's guiding you towards a more aligned, joyful, fulfilling way of spending your time here on this planet. Imagine if you took that same train journey every day without the lever being pulled and without being, you know, taken to the other city, to the other town or whatever. And imagine never being able to experience all of that stuff because you you stayed on that idea that life had this one one destination for you this one this one set of train tracks for you there is so much more to say on this but i you know a i have to remember these episodes are only kind of a snapshot of this work as a whole also i feel i've given you a lot to digest so i'm going to leave it there and welcome you to listen to this episode a few times in sections however so that you can really kind of process and make sense of it all make sense in a you know in a way that it makes sense to you before i go i'm just going to offer you some takeaways from this episode firstly what does acceptance mean to you acceptance doesn't have to mean any one thing and it doesn't have to look any certain way but I do think that whatever your definition ends up being, it needs to allow you to feel free, held and supported. Acceptance needs to be somatically assimilated as well as cognitively understood. To understand where you're at with this, connect with yourself and your body and ask the questions. Ask those questions. How do I feel about this? Do I accept this? What does acceptance mean to me? Is your acceptance selective? And in contrast, is your rejection or non-acceptance selective? Remember, you can't select what you reject. What you need to work on is the belief that you get to feel better now with your chronic illness as it is now. Not on the other side of anything. Not then or when. Not holding on to this idea that life will be amazing once you're through all of this. What does better, quote unquote, actually mean to you or anyone listening? What would it look like in your life? Looking at your expectations of better or amazing, can that include being able to stay with yourself, as in not abandon yourself, not leave yourself, not distract yourself throughout all that comes your way in life? How can you invite that full variety of feelings into your lived experience and not segment them into bad or good camps, but see them as all equally valid. And lastly, life gets to be rich in many ways, not just in the ones you already know or see as being the typical human experience. I thank you again for allowing me to share that with everybody listening, and I thank you all, all of you at home listening to this. I'll see you next time. Time for me to tell you about my newsletter. It's honestly one of my most favourite things to do within this business. 
it's a place where you can connect with me more deeply, where you can connect with how chronic illness shows up in your life more deeply. I share a lot of my personal experience um, with life with chronic illness over there. And it's also a place you can find out how you can work with me, what projects I've got going on, um, what programs I'm running, whether I've got one-to-one space, all of that good stuff. Um, You can sign up via the link in show notes or by visiting alanaholloway.com forward slash newsletter. Whilst you're here, I'd love for you to take a minute to rate, review and share this podcast. As you've probably guessed by my ramblings, this way of thinking about chronic illness isn't the norm, but I want it to be. I want more people to be freed from the chronic illness struggle. And the way we make that happen is by sharing something the algorithm which is dictated by rates and reviews is fantastic at doing. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Bringing on board the right kind of support can be the missing piece of the puzzle that so many of us don't realise we actually need. What would you do if you had the most epic support squad by your side? What would that unleash in you and what would it make possible for you in your life? If you're wondering how to start figuring that out, if you've got no idea where to start, I've got the perfect thing for you. My quiz, are you more Michelle, Gaga or Mindy? And what would their support squad unleash in you is now live. You can find the link to it in the show notes and in the bio. Don't wait another moment. Hop on over to the quiz to find out who you're channeling now.